the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There are times when I want God to work everything out right now. But I sometimes forget my place because having faith in God includes having faith in his timing. Isaiah 40 and verse 31 tells us, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You know, when my dog Max was a puppy, I would tell him to sit and then put a bowl of food in front of him. And he was trained not to eat until I said, release. Why? Because not even his next meal was more important than obedience to his master. If I didn't take the time to get this right while he weighed only 20 pounds, how could I keep him in control when he weighed 90? Likewise, God must teach us to wait so he can trust us. Every time Max waited, he was rewarded and my confidence in him only grew. Eventually, I could trust a strong animal around my young children. The question is not, can God give you what you want, but do you trust him enough to wait? For more, go to Grace Church. That's gracechurchva.org. And as always, live big. You were made to think big, too big, too big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Thank you for tuning in to the Live Big broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. So we pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Remember, you can listen to this message and more for free at gracechurchva.org. Here's Bishop Greer with today's Live Big message. So not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now, the Lord of hosts, Yahweh, Jehovah, Sabaoth, was actually a military term. It really spoke of uh, being God being the Lord of armies. And, uh, you know, God may take times to do things, but he's still the commander of all things in the, the universe. We worship a God that's confident enough to uh, allow us to make our own choices, but wise enough to remain large and in charge in the midst of them. This is what God is telling Zerubbabel to say to his mountain. This is the attitude he wanted Zerubbabel to have about his mountain. This is the attitude God wants you and I to have about our mountains. He says, who are you, O great mountain? And by the way, this this whole prophecy was about a building project. They started the project, but dangerous enemies uh, began to emerge and, and all types of things broke loose. Actually, they quit and, and they got discouraged and they stopped. But, but watch what God says. Who are you, O great mountain? He didn't say the mountain wasn't great. He didn't say they didn't have a problem. He didn't deny the problem. He just said, who are you? And basically, who are you compared to the God that I serve? But here's what I need you to know. When the anointing of God really, really comes on you, God won't permit you to look at things the way other people do. Now, David, he, he was uh, facing a giant, but what did he say? 
You know, who are you, you uncircumcised Philistines that, that would dare try to defy the army of the living God? Elijah was outnumbered on Carmel by the uh, uh, prophets of, of Baal. And what did he say? He told them, now actually he starts talking a little trash here. He said, shout louder for Baal is a God. Perhaps he's in, in deep thought. Literally, actually, he says, perhaps Baal is on the toilet. That, that's actually what, what he said. But, you know, the, the, the translators don't want to put it that way. But, but Elijah has a spirit about him and an attitude uh, about him. Perhaps he's busy or traveling. And what, he, what, what God was trying to show us that, that we don't have to show the type of respect that, that uh, the devil tries to make us show him. Um, we, we need to have an attitude when it comes to the devil and opposition and the rest in, in our lives. And, you know, not by might, not by power, but by the Holy Spirit and the spirit of God. When he's really on you, there's a certain attitude that emerges. There's a confidence that you can't quite explain. And the whole Holy Spirit wants to be on you to do your job, to do your part, whatever your part is. The Holy Spirit is here with an unlimited amount of supply. He's an unlimited source of oil uh, to illuminate our heart and strengthen our arms to accomplish the purposes of God. He says, who are you, O great mountain? So stop telling everyone about the size of your mountain and start telling your mountain about the size of your God. Who are you? Compared to my God, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel. Um, this is important. You shall, you shall. Now, you, you look all big and bad now, but this is the way it's going to end. You shall become a plain. You know, the Holy Spirit is sufficient. The Holy Spirit is more than enough for any and every situation. He will make things that are insurmountable to others become a stepping stone for you and I. So, so basically, uh, God said, 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 you know, to Zerubbabel, he's trying to infuse a little spirit into Zerubbabel. He's like, mama said, knock you out. Y'all remember that song? I'm going to knock you out. He's like, you need to get that attitude. And, and when you fight the good fight of faith, there needs to be a little attitude in you. And you need, you need to have an expectancy that you're going to get up on the other side. You're going to get through this. And this was the attitude that God was trying to infuse in his kings and also his priests. Before Zerubbabel, you shall become what? A plain. Now notice, he didn't say before Jesus. He didn't say before Moses. He didn't say before Apostle Peter or Apostle Paul. But he said before a captive ruler like Zerubbabel. Uh, Zerubbabel, it was, he, he was a captive. He, he, he was uh, under the authority of a foreign government. But as, 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 as captive and perhaps as broken as he might have as, as felt, God was like, you need to get the attitude. Mama's going to knock you out. You hear what I'm saying? And we got to get the attitude that we're going to win. I recognize you're facing some things, but part of your problem is right here. You need to get that attitude. I'm going to get to the other side of this. I'm going to win this. And it might come and stay. You know what? You, know, you remember, remember the guy that was at, that was at the, the, the pool and, uh, you know, he's like, well, I have no man to, to, to carry me. You know, when the angel stirs the water, you know what? I, I can't get there in time. Someone gets ahead of me and they get healed. But you need to have the attitude. And that's why Jesus said to him, he said, well, do you want to get well? Because if you really want to get the water, you know what? Maybe I have to, to get on my elbows and, 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 and move to the edge, you know, an inch a day. 
But I'll tell you something, I'm going to move by end today until I get there. You got to get the attitude that, you know what, if no one else in here wins, Christ in me, the hope of glory, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm going to win because God has called me to this. God is in me now. God is on my side. Before Zerubbabel, this great mountain, this great opposition, all the big mouths, all the loud mouths, all the issues, all the political issues, all the, the shortage of resources. Before Zerubbabel, that big old mountain shall become a flat plain, easy to travel and easy to look across. And he shall bring forth the capstone or the final stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. And what he was saying is God will finish that which he begins. And it may come with, with, with challenges, but, but it will end with everyone coming to understand God's grace is sufficient. When I'm weak, he is strong. Yes, people may not get it for a season. Yes, folks may talk about you and criticize you uh, for a season. But if you handle that season, well, hear what I'm saying to you today. Please hear what I'm saying. It won't be long before they end up worshiping God alongside you, singing God's praises. Grace, grace, grace be to that mountain. Verse 8. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, so this is another word. So he got the word, listen, not by might, nor by power, but by, by the, the spirit, Zerubbabel, that you're going to be, say grace, grace to that mountain, or it's going to be said. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel will do it. You see, God will do it, but he does it through our hands. God doesn't typically, you know, we rain manna down from heaven on one occasion, but typically um, God uses what we have to work a miracle. Jesus had a multitude to feed. What did he do? He used a little boy's lunch. He used a few fish and, and some loaves and he, and he took what was existing or what was given to him and then he multiplied it. But he usually works with what we give him and what is in our, our hands here. The hands of the, of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. Watch this. And his hands shall also finish it. And guess what? The temple was finished in 516 BC. This is history. This is uh, a fact. So, you know, he who started a good work and you shall complete it. He's the alpha and omega. He gets it done. He is a finisher because that's who God is. Then you will know once this thing's done that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Now, what he's saying here is in a minute, people won't have to believe what God said to us. Because they will see what God has said to us. Now, it's easy to believe after it's done, but it's still a, a starting point for, for, for some. But, you know, it's people like, like, like Ray Charles, who, although he was, he was blind and not able to see, but he's like, you know what, I, I can hear and I can sing. I can play. You know, people like, like Beethoven, although he was, 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 was deaf, deafness couldn't stop his memory of sound and death could not stop his imagination. It's, it's like that, that Frenchman that, that has uh, recently uh, s- uh, swam the uh, 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 English Channel. Um, you know, he, he may not have uh, had both arms and both 
legs, but but he had uh, enough left of his arms and enough left of his legs to still do the impossible. And here's the deal. It's only impossible until somebody does it. And, and what you think is impossible is just God's opportunity to show up, show out and do what he does because he's a God that does impossible things. This is his specialty. You know, you go to certain restaurants that specialize in certain foods or, or, or people that specialize in certain things. God's specialty. I mean, this is what, you know, if, if there was a, a sign out on his door talking about what he was a doctor of or, or what, what problems he saw, solved, it would, it would read something like uh, doctor of impossibility. God resolves problems. God does the impossible. God, when, when he sees the impossible, he doesn't back up, get scared, get worried. He starts, man, this, this, this is what it's all about. Man, this is, this is what I'm here for. God loves to do the impossible. So if you have an impossible situation, it's just a setup for God to do his thing in your life. Then he goes on verse 10, and we're going to wrap up here for who has despised the day of small things. Now, notice God calls it a day. But those of us that study our Bibles, we know that for Zerubbabel, this was a very long day. Because the uh, temple was started, but then it was stopped for 20 years. And God calls it just a day. And just because it takes longer than you plan doesn't mean God's not in it. For who has despised... The day of small things. Now, here's the thing. We all do. And that's our collective problem. We don't want to start small. We want it to start big. We want it to start out, you know, as everything it will become at the first step. But I know in my life, I had to live a long time with, with a lot of small things before I started seeing some big things. Uh, you know, it, it may start and stop at first. And by the way, the project's moving on. If you're getting worried about our project and you think I have some bad news, no, the project's moving on and we're going to be just fine. But, but here's the deal. With God, sometimes things uh, uh, stop and start. But, but if you hang in there, this, this is so important. If you hang in there, you will see. Now, if God's in it, you will see the faithfulness of our God in the land of the living. The desire for personal and professional development is a characteristic of successful leaders. It's the desire for growth and to serve with excellence that makes a great leader. The pathway to becoming a better leader isn't always easy. Busy schedules, finding proven resources, and networking with like-minded individuals can be challenging and time-consuming. If this sounds familiar, check out the Renaissance Leadership Network, where you will connect to a dynamic group of peers. Find premium resources and expertise from time-tested world-class leaders to help propel you towards your leadership goals. Best of all, the Renaissance Leadership Network offers ISET continuing education units for its learning events that comply with the ANSI ISET continuing education and training standard. For more information, go to rlnleadership.com and learn more about membership benefits designed to take you to the next level of leadership. While you are there, be sure to register for the next online leadership session. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Remember, you can access this teaching and more for free at gracechurchva.org. Let's get back to today's message. And here's the deal. When it comes to family situations, maybe you're married and you have a situation with husband, spouse, you, you, you're waiting for the big fix. That's your problem. You need to celebrate the small things. 
and you need to see the small things and you need to, to, to manage the small things. You need to work the small things. All I had was a limited gift and God called me to this big assignment. All I had was, was, was 12 other people and God called me to reach, uh, uh, hundreds of thousands. All I had was, was a little bit of talent and God worked it and, and used it for his glory and his good. All I had, actually, I can't even say a little bit of money, no money. And God just multiplied it and, and actually brought me some, then multiplied it and all the rest. And what, what happens is because it's not big, you remember the, the guy, you know, there was these, these uh, guys that were given talents. One was given one, the other was given three, the other was given five. And the three and the, the guy with three talents and five talents, they went out and, and they used those talents and doubled their talents. But the guy who had only one, he went and buried it. And that's what we do when we feel we have less than others. We tend to bury that which we have. And because you don't have a million dollars, you're not faithful with $10. And that you, you, you fall into that trap. But we got to work with what we have. And, and let me tell you something. I work with those 12 members. I, I work with 100 members. I work with 200 members. And we were a, a church of 200 for, for wow. I don't know, quite a few years. Uh, I was a pastor of a small church, uh, probably longer than I was uh, a, a larger church, but I had to work the small. And even in my marriage, there were issues between my wife and I at times. You know, of course, she was perfect. I was the one that needed to grow. But, but with that, um, you know, we, we, had to, we had to work. You know, we, we just had a little understanding about how this relationship going to work. We only had a little bit of understanding about what our future could become if we just hang in there. But we had to work with a little before it became much. He said, for who has despised the day of Small things. Now, why do we despise the day of small things? Because we think that it's small because God is somehow punishing us. Uh, we think it's small because God must be sleeping on the job. Surely if God was in it, it would come into my life full grown, fully developed. But, but that's a trick of the adversary. Um, he's using that small thing to build you and to prepare you for the big thing he has in your future. Do not despise, do not think less of, do not think ill of, just because every now and then you get an opportunity to do what you want to do. You think, well, well, it's not fair, it's not right. Well, thank God you got the small opportunity now. Work that opportunity. Work your gift. Learn to do what you do. And when you're faithful with little, he'll make you faithful over much for you. Who has despised the day of small things. What the scripture is trying to reveal to us is that Satan tempts us in the day of small things. When it's small, that's we are so tempted to give up. We are so tempted to quit when it doesn't seem to be working out. And then it's not working out as quickly as as, as we thought. Uh, Why does he tempt us so much in the day of small things? things because he knows that, that, that God is a God of process, that it starts with a seed. Everything of value starts with a seed. And if you water that seed, stick with that seed, fertilize that seed, pull the weeds away from that seed, eventually that seed will grow into something great. For who has despised the day of small thing? Again, Satan tempts us to, to despise, to think less of, to be frustrated by the fact that this issue or this thing in my life is still small. You're only 20 years old. How big is it going to be? You've only been at it maybe three years. How great is it really going to be at this this point? Why does Satan mess with us, tempt us, and cause us to try to despise things when, when, when they're small? Because he fears the great things he knows that will come out of that small thing or us enduring the day of small things if we just hold on and stay with it. And here's my simple message to you. If you have 
just a shimmer of hope from God. Hold on. It may not be a big light, but if you have just a little light, hold on. God may not have written the whole story, but if he's just given you one part of a sentence, hang on. Do not despise the day of small things just because you're not yet where you want to be. Don't give up on where you're going. And he was saying as a rubber ball, he's like, hey, man, listen, in your own strength, you can't do it. And I'm not mad at you for recognizing you can't do this, but it's not going to be by might. It's not going to be by power. It's going to be by my spirit within you. And right now, many of you need to, 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 to become recipients of the Holy Spirit. You, you, you know, spirit is also translated attitude in certain places. And I'm going to play with this for just a moment, but I'm, I'm, I'm not really far from, 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 from scriptural truth here. The Holy Spirit brings a holy attitude. Spirit not only means pneuma breath, but again, it can be translated attitude. And what God wants is a spirit-infused, a spirit-inspired attitude that we are well able to take that mountain. That's what Caleb said at 90 years old. Looked at a mountain and said, yeah, I know I'm old and, and I know a lot of years, but I am well able to take it. That's the attitude God wants us to have. Joshua was going into the promised land. And God told him, he said, Josh, wherever you put your foot, I'll give it to you. Basically what he was saying, Josh, wherever you put your foot down, when you put your foot down there, boy, and you roll up your sleeves and, and you, you, you put those hands uh, into the battle, you're going to win. But, but what he needed to do with Joshua early on in the book of Joshua, he gives Joshua an attitude. Man, be confident, be bold, you know, be, be courageous, Joshua, you can do this. So the Holy Spirit, yes, he's a person, but he's a person that comes to give you a holy attitude. And you got to get a winner's attitude. You can win. Stop just existing. Begin to thrive and, and begin to see beyond where you are. And stop just kind of taking it. And, and I'm beat up and being a victim and rise up and say, you know what? M mountain, you know, what, what is this mountain before Zerubbabel? What is this mountain but before me and my family? Grace, grace to the mountain. You got to learn to get an attitude of a victor in order to really win. You know, the apostles in the New Testament, these guys, man, they, they, they were small men and they were just a few, but they had the hearts of lions. And guys, God, you know, we, we worship the lion of the tribe of Judah. Why are you acting like a mouse? God wants to infuse us with courage. The Bible says in, in Psalms uh, that the tents of the righteous are full of shouts of joy, meaning if we really belong to him, there should be a shout it should be a praise. It should be a level of confidence. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we know we have the petitions of him who we ask. This is the confidence. Confidence. God wants us to be confident. And how did the, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees know that the disciples had been with Jesus? Because of their boldness, the Bible said. Because of their confidence. And there ought to be something about you that's not like everybody else on the block. You ought to know some things other people don't know. And yeah, it may seem small, but I'm going to work it. You know, it may not look like everything you got right now, but I'm telling you, I'm going to work it. It's going to become even more than what you got. That needs to be your attitude if you're going to win in this life. The Bible says we're to fight the good fight of faith. And you don't fight a fight being wimpy. You got to get an attitude. I'm in this ring to win.
So right now, if there's anyone that needs not only God in your life, you need the attitude of God in your life. This is your moment. And God wants to meet you in this moment. All you need to say is, God, I'm a sinner. Without you, I am nothing. Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to the cross and he was brave and bold enough to bear my sin, my disgrace on that cross. He took it all so that I don't have to. Then he rose on the third day and that resurrection was proof that you accepted his sacrifice on my behalf. So right now, I put my faith in the resurrected Jesus Christ. Father, give me his spirit. Give me his attitude. Give me his mind. Wash me, cleanse me, liberate me, snatch me out, snatch my mind out of darkness and, and move it into the king, translate it into the kingdom. I know you've, you're doing that with my spirit, but also do it with my attitude, Father. I pray right now my life will forever be changed. Now, if you are right now asking God to, to come into your heart, into your life, what I want you to do is text G-R-A-C-E to the number uh, on your screen. And if you are, many of us watching, we, we already know the Lord. Um, but the issue is your, your attitude and your attitude you've heard said determines your altitude. You're not going to go very far with that, 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 the weak whimpering attitude. You need a change of mind. And I hope I pricked you a little bit today for you to change your thinking and start saying, well, I can do this. And you know, it may, maybe it's going to take me 10 years, but I will get it done. Yeah. Yeah. My, my marriage is, is what it is, but you know what? I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep doing my part until we get to the other side. This has been Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. Access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join the Grace Church family for worship online every Sunday and Wednesday on social media at gracechurchva or on our website at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, live big. When was the last time you laughed so hard that your stomach hurt or or smiled so much that your face started to ache? Every now and then, I get so busy with the daily affairs of life that I stop having fun. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 tells us, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to weep and a time to laugh. Here are three simple ways you can put fun back into your life. Number one, laugh at yourself. If you're willing to laugh at yourself, you'll never run out of material. Number two, Enjoy the little moments and the little things. It's the little things that really add up to the big things. Number three, try new things. It's true that variety is the spice of life. You know, studies show that laughter can help improve our moods, strengthen our immune systems, and even help us cope with life's stressors. As serious as life can get, to stay healthy, we must remember, it's he who laughs that lasts. For more, go to gracechurchva.org. That's gracechurchva.org. And as always, live big.